The days after Christmas are always a bit of a bummer for me. Uh, there, there's so much buildup, there's so much excitement, there's so much joy during the Christmas season that as soon as December 26th happens, or 25th happens, and we get to the 26th, it's all kind of a big letdown, isn't it? The joy, the excitement, the hope is here, it's gone, and now all the Christmas decorations get taken down. You look outside the last couple days, I'm sure you've seen your neighbors pulling the Christmas lights down. Maybe inside you're packing all your ornaments away, putting your Christmas tree away, putting it back out into the garage or in the attic for storage until next December. And doesn't it feel that as you pack that all away that your joy is getting packed away with it? Your excitement is gone with it. Your hope is gone and packed away until next December when you bust it all out again. Wouldn't it be great if this year the Christmas song actually came true? Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. From now on, your troubles will be where? Out of sight, right? Because now Christmas is done. Everything's packed away. We're moving on. And what's staring back at you? Your troubles. Your problems. Christmas was a great distraction. We had the lights to look at. We had Christmas presents to buy. We had parties to go to. We had family come in or we went to family. But all that's gone now. All of it's over. The distraction is put away and we're left with the problems and troubles that we started with. Wouldn't it be great if they just went away? We're waiting for someone or something to come to take them all away. Now we're waiting for the next big distraction, right? The next big family gathering where my troubles are out of sight for a little bit. We're waiting for the next person to come in and bring excitement to my life so that the distraction's gone for a little bit and the problems are, are no longer in sight. We're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting for the troubles to be gone. So were the Jewish people in the first century. They were waiting and they were waiting and they were waiting for someone to come and take their problems away. If you picked up a, a Jerusalem Times in the first century and you read the paper, what would you see in the paper? You would see that the Roman Empire was still in control and that they didn't treat the Jewish people very well. You would see that the Roman soldiers were the police officers policing the streets and they were racist against Jewish people and treated them poorly. You would see the corruption in the government, in the local government. You would see that the road from Jericho to Jerusalem was getting worse and worse as bandits and robbers were increasing and there was no accountability. You would see that the elderly and the widows were being taken advantage of and preyed on by predators. You would see all of these problems, all of these troubles, and the Jewish people were sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting for someone to come and take all these troubles away. Take them out of sight. And one of those Jewish people was a man named Simeon. We're introduced to Simeon in Luke chapter 2. The beginning of Luke chapter 2 is the Christmas story that we all know and love so well. But right after that is 40 days later when Mary and Joseph take baby Jesus to the temple. And they're going to the temple to do to Jesus, to do for Jesus, 
what the Jewish law required to consecrate him to the Lord. And as they walk into the temple, they meet Simeon, a man waiting, just like everyone else. Here's what we're told in Luke chapter 2. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was, a right, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. Somehow, some way, God the Holy Spirit revealed to Simeon that he wouldn't die before he saw the Lord's Messiah. Before he saw the consolation of Israel, the consoler, the comforter to Israel. Simeon, you're not going to die before you see the Messiah, the one that your people have been waiting for for so long. I got to imagine that every day Simeon got up with a brand new sense of anticipation. Lord, is today the day? And then that night ended, and he'd go to bed praying, Lord, is tomorrow the day? And every morning wake up with this sense that I could possibly see the Lord's Messiah today. On this particular day, Simeon gets up, and the Holy Spirit prompts him to go into the temple courts where he sees this peasant couple off in the corner holding a baby. And he knows that they're, what they're there for. They're there to consecrate the baby to the Lord as the Jewish law is required. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit says, Simeon, Simeon, that couple over there, that's the Messiah. That baby is the Lord's Messiah. That one is the comforter, the consoler, the one that's been promised for so long. He's the one. Today's the day you get to see Him. And Simeon runs over and takes that baby right into his arms and praises God. And he's filled with joy. He's filled with excitement. He's filled with peace. But is that really what Simeon was expecting? A baby? It seems natural to us because we've read the story so many times. But was he really expecting an infant? Think about it. This baby has done nothing. This baby can do nothing at the time. They still have the problems. There's still people being taken advantage of. All those stories in the Jerusalem times are still going on. And he's excited about a baby. Was it really what he was expecting? Imagine being someone in the temple that day. You hear Simeon off in the corner just... Uh, yelling and praising God and look at this baby, the Messiah is here and you're excited because you're waiting for the Messiah too and you turn and look and he's holding an infant. That baby can't do anything for your problems right now. That baby can't take your troubles away. That baby can't make your troubles go out of sight. Call me back in 30 years when he can do something for me. When he's old enough to take some of these problems away, then call me. You see, that's what we kind of expect from God, isn't it? 
we have these troubles in our life. As Christmas is over and the, the, the distraction is gone, we now face our troubles again. And what do we want God to do? We wish God would, would face our, or fix our problems like a light switch. He'd simply flip a switch and our troubles would go away. We want Him to deal quickly and accurately and precisely with our problems and take them all away so we don't feel them anymore. But that's not how God works. God doesn't just take our troubles away. And that's why the joy of Christmas has really turned from Jesus being born to joy of the presence and the parties and the family time. And those are all good things to, to have joy over. But imagine if they were just gone. Imagine if next year you didn't have any of that and the only thing you had was to come to church and celebrate Jesus' birth. Would you still have joy over Christmas? Would you still find as much joy? Because a baby's born, but your problems are still here. God doesn't just take the problems away. And as Simeon's holding that baby, his troubles are still there, his problems are still there, but he finds so much joy. Why? Because God showed up, literally, took on flesh. And as Simeon holds that baby, what does he know? God is present. He is here in my arms. And that's the gift God gives us at Christmas. At Christmas, and it's your first point this morning, at Christmas, God reveals His consoling presence. When I was a, a kid, we lived in a three-story house in the Midwest. and Not really three stories. There was a basement, a middle floor, and an upstairs. And all the bedrooms were upstairs. So my parents' room, my brother's sister's rooms, uh, they were all upstairs. My room was all upstairs. And during the winter time when the heater kicked on, uh, our heater made all kinds of noises. You could hear it when it kicked on. You could hear it while it was running. And even when it was off, it still made all kinds of sounds through the vents. And so I remember waking up in the middle of the night in the winter time, hearing all of these noises. And it would happen frequently. And I knew from previous experiences, this is just the heater. It's just the heater. But with each noise was another shot of adrenaline coursing through my body as fear was starting to take over and I was more and more convinced that somebody was in the house. And so finally I couldn't take it anymore and I got up and I tiptoed to my mom's room because I had to be quiet because I didn't want the guy downstairs to know that I was up. And I'd go to my mom's room and I'd wake her up and I'd tell her, someone's in the house. And she would say, no, there's nobody in the house. And she'd walk me back to my bedroom and she'd sit on my bed until I fell asleep. As I was falling asleep, guess what I still heard? The noises. But they weren't as scary because mom was present. That's how God works. God may not take your problems away, but, but God looks from heaven and, and He doesn't say, hey, I see your problems. I see your problems with sin. I see the chaos in your life. I see the troubles that you have. Good luck. God doesn't say that. Love doesn't stay away. Love comes near. And that's what God does at Christmas. God comes to you. The Word becomes flesh and made His dwelling among us. God Himself was present. And He is present with you because that's what He promises. God takes on flesh. He comes to be with His people. He writes Himself into His own story to be with His people who are hurting, who are brokenhearted, who have uncertainties in life, 
who have all kinds of troubles. God says, I'm coming to sit with you, to stand with you, to walk with you as all these troubles are on your shoulders. I'm here. And that's what Simeon knew as he held that baby. Simeon's problems were still there, but God was present and everything was going to be okay. God is here. And he was comforted. And that's what we have today too. But there's another miracle in all of this. Think of all the people in the temple that day who just simply walked by the baby Jesus. God Himself was right there. The Messiah right there. And they walked by. But God revealed Himself to Simeon. God made Himself known. God is present, Simeon, and He is here. God revealed Himself to Simeon, and that's what He's done for you today. God is present in your life, and the miracle is He's revealed Himself to you. He's made Himself known. I am here with you, God says. I am here with my presence. Yes, you have troubles. Yes, you have problems. But I am here. The God of this world says, I am here. He's here with you. But He also gives you something else. And what He gives you is wrapped up in the song that Simeon sings, the song of praise that he sings for God as he's holding baby Jesus. Here's what he says. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child, is to this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Simeon sings this beautiful prayer of praise to God and it's jam-packed with what? Promises from God from the Old Testament. All of these were promises, prophecies that God made from the Old Testament about this child. And do you know where the majority of them come, came from? Isaiah, the book we've been walking through all December. He, he crafts this beautiful prayer of praise all wrapped around God's promises. And guess how he knew all those promises were about this child? God revealed it to him. God reveals His promises. And that's your second point this morning. God reveals His consoling promises to us as we are going through the troubles of life. And what were the promises about this child that Simeon says? God, I've seen Your salvation, which You have prepared for the sight of all people. This child was the one who would fulfill salvation. God promised salvation after Genesis chapter 3. Adam and Eve fell in the sin. God promised someone was going to come and undo everything, to, to destroy the devil's work, to save us from sin, to save us from death, to bring salvation from heaven to us. And that was this child. He would win salvation. He would be a light for revelation to the Gentiles, a light that we could all look to for forgiveness. 
which he won for us at the cross. A light that we can all look to in the face of death so that the darkness of death doesn't overcome us, but we have the light of salvation waiting for us. A light for people who are looking for meaning in life, for looking for identity, for looking for why am I here? What's my purpose? Where did I come from? Those who are searching. Jesus is that light. For, for light through the darkness of the troubles and problems of this world as we're walking through all of it. Jesus is the light to say, there's light at the end of the tunnel. You're going through problems, but there's light at the end of the tunnel. It's coming. You see, all of God's promises were fulfilled in this child. And what does that mean for your troubles and your problems in life? They're temporary. One day they will be completely out of sight. And you have that at the end of the tunnel in the light of Jesus. This child fulfilled all of God's promises so that your troubles in life will one day be completely out of sight. I don't know what problems you have right now. I don't know what troubles you're going through, but God does. And He promises two things. He promises that His presence is with you right now as you go through it all. He promises that His almighty power, His all wisdom, His uh, all uh, knowledge, His all power, His all presence, all with you right now, no matter what you're going through. And He promises that salvation is yours. Heaven is yours. And that means that your troubles will one day be completely out of sight. They will be no more. Whether it's today, tomorrow, or the day when God comes to you to bring you home to your salvation, to heaven, where there's only peace, only joy, forever. This is what Simeon realized as he held that baby. And how did he respond? Lord, now let your servant depart in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Simeon prayed, Lord, I'm ready to die. I'm ready to get out of this world with all the troubles, all the problems. Bring me to salvation. Maybe we're not there yet saying, Lord, let me die. But what can we pray? Lord, let me depart in peace this morning. Let me walk from here in peace because I too have seen your salvation. I too have uh, mentally and spiritually held the baby Jesus. I hold Him in my heart. Your salvation is here and it's mine and you have revealed it to me. Let me depart in peace. No matter what troubles come this year, you are with me and your promises have been fulfilled. My salvation is coming. As we close up our series, what child is this? Uh, I don't think there can be a better one than to realize that this is the God who has made Himself known to us. Because God could have done all this. God could be with us. God could fulfill all His promises, and yet we don't know it. But we do. Because God has made Himself known. Praise God. May God be with you as we depart in peace, knowing that He... He is present and knowing that all of His promises have been fulfilled. We are forgiven. Death has been conquered. Salvation is waiting for us. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we praise and thank You that You came into this world as a child and that You promise that You are with us. 
We thank you that you didn't just stand outside in, in, in heaven and say, deal with your own problems, but you came into this world to be with us in our own mess. You came to be with us who have problems and troubles and, and brokenheartedness, all kinds of things that weigh on us. You come to be with us and you promise that you are with us. As we face troubles in this world, help us to take heart, help us to have hope, and help us to have joy knowing that one day all of them will come to an end as we are with you forever in heaven. We thank you for winning it for us at the cross and through your resurrection. Through that, we know that uh, our sins are forgiven and we can't wait to be with you forever where there are no problems. Let us depart in peace this morning, no matter what comes, knowing that your presence is with us. Amen.